Welcome to the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast, a podcast where we are seeking to lead change while also seeking to understand. We are here also to, to develop and empower other leaders in the areas of business, faith, family, and community. I am your host, Lafayette Lane, joined by my co-host, John LeBron. We're excited to bring you another fire episode here. Last week, we talked about uh, non-positional leadership leading from the middle, and we have another exciting topic for you this week, talking about necessary endings as a leader. Before we get into the topic, we definitely want to say thank you to all of our supporters, those of you that are part of our YouTube channel family. There, you can see that at the bottom of the screen. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Unscripted Authentic Leadership. You can also find us on our various social media platforms, on Facebook, Unscripted Authentic Leadership. Our Instagram handle is at Unscripted Leadership, and our LinkedIn page is Unscripted Authentic Leadership. Those of you that may not watch our podcast, but you listen to our podcast, you can find us on any of our various streaming platforms from Apple to Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and any other streaming platform. You can type in Unscripted Authentic Leadership. You'll see our logo there and all of our episodes and our great content that we have provided for you, the Unscripted family. You also can find us on our website, unscripted-leadership.com. Feel free to connect with us, reach out to us. We would love to partner with you and make this thing grow further. Amen. And before we go any further, I like to check in on our brother John to see how he's doing. Man, thanks so much. I'm doing really good. It's been a great weekend. Um, my family is gearing up everybody for Disney World. I just want you to know that. And we are jacked up because we have never been. And so my kids, I have a countdown app and everything. So stay tuned. But yes, excited. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's what's up. That's what's up. I've never been to Disney World myself, so you have to let me know all about it. <laughs> I'm sure it's good. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's get into the topic. Necessary endings as a leader. I think that this topic doesn't just apply to those that are in leadership, but this is a life principle. Mm-hmm. It's a life principle um, that all of us are going to have to cross in one way or another, um, whether consciously or unconsciously, uh, we all have to make um, some endings. We all have to come to an intersection with stop signs in our lives. Um, Those endings can vary from relationships, jobs, locations, um, things that you have been doing all your life, rituals, traditions, routines. There's a point that we all come to that we want, we have to realize that if we want to go to the next level in our life, we have to end the level that we are currently on. And sometimes as a leader, the best way to lead is to end. The best way to lead is to leave. And I begin to think about that. Um, the best way to lead is to end. Um, as a leader, this can be the hardest thing to do especially if you talk about the context of ending relationships that may not necessarily be bad or they may not necessarily be bad people as a leader. Sometimes leaders have the biggest hearts and the hardest thing to do is to break someone else's heart or even break your own heart by ending a relationship, ending a long time 
commitment, ending a long time uh, tenure of friendship or ending a work relationship with a coworker, or even if you're in a position of leadership where you have people under you as a manager, you may have to let someone go. And so you have to think about all the factors of how that affects their family, how that affects their community, how that affects their background from where they're coming from. But in order, sometimes you have to realize you have to do that because you have to do what's best for you. And I think we've said that so many times here on um, Unscripted is that it's not about so much being selfish, but no one can get the best you if you can't get the best you for you first. And so you have to be the best you you can be in order to give yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, So many times we have lost our peace of mind. We've lost our peace entirely because we've given pieces of ourselves away to so many people. And then at the end of the day, we have no pieces left of ourselves to give to ourselves. And so one of the things that have ended is our peace, our joy, our happiness. And we're wondering where it went. We gave it away to all these other people. And sometimes you have to do a self-evaluation, a self-assessment and to say, I've got to end this relationship so I can be the best me that I can be. I can no longer work at this particular job because I cannot no longer be the best me being in this environment. So sometimes the best way to lead is to end and to leave. John, give us your thoughts, man, as we have this candid conversation this afternoon on Unscripted about the necessary endings that we must make as a leader. So just to keep this first part light, I guess, the uh, you said the best way to lead is to leave. That was really good. And what made it made me think of is not even do you sometimes you need to leave for personal growth. Maybe where you are is slowing you down. Maybe it's completely made you stop. Maybe your attitude is bad because the environment's there. I've also seen leaders who have left environments because their presence was slowing other people's growth down meaning there were other leaders and potential leaders who were capable of taking further leadership but because the primary leader was there and taking full leadership the other leaders would um, sort of take less of a leadership role when they were fully capable of accepting full leadership. They just never did meet either out of respect for the, what they thought was sort of the head leader of their whatever church, different things like that. Or sometimes it's just because they're afraid or they're sort of leaning on the leader when in that leader knows we've all been in many leaders have been in positions where They know that you are capable of so much more, but you kind of lean on them a little bit and let them actually take full leadership when you are also capable of doing the same. So therefore, them leaving forces you to now accept that role and blossom into the leader that you were really meant to be. That is very interesting. That is very interesting because... How many leaders are ready to take the next level, but there's a stumbling block of the old or previous leader 
that's in the way. And when I say old, I'm not just talking about numerically uh -huh. old, um, but your time is simply up. Your time is up. Um, doesn't mean that your life is up or your destiny or your purpose has been fulfilled. It's just time for you to move on to the next assignment. Mm -hmm. And I think about that in church, especially the context of that uh, position of leadership. Many times there are people in positions of ministry or even the workplace that they don't want to leave or end where they are because they find their value in what they do, not who they are. Mm -hmm. And so you're not a leader. We talked about it last week just because you have a title and you're the you're the senior vice president. It took you 30 years to get that position. And here comes the young guy in the corporation that has so much potential and you know that he has next. But you don't want to move out the way. So the person that's beneath you cannot get promoted because there's an old stumbling block that refuses to end where they currently are, not realizing that their season of what was is over. And the new can't come in because you won't get out the way. That is so good. That was not, I didn't think about that part when dealing with the necessary endings as a leader. But there are so many people that are discouraged, even as you will watch this, you will listen to this because you are wrestling with the fact you know that you're ready. You know that you're prepared. You know that you've studied. You know that you show up every day equipped you know that you show up and you are uh, diligent in your work. You're diligent in what you've been called to do, but you feel that there is someone in front of you that won't get out of your way that's going to block or hinder you from getting to where you're supposed to be. And I'm not trying to get too deep on this, but the reality is, is that life and God has a way of doing things that will either force that person out of the way or they will realize and have a moment of enlightenment. The light bulb will go off and say, it's my time to move on. Um, because what good is it for you to just hold on and occupy, occupy space, but now don't have any productivity? That is a good indication that it's time to make an ending. This whole idea, this whole idea of endings came from a book by Dr. Henry Cloud um, that I read called Necessary Endings. And he said something um, that blew my mind. Dr. Henry Cloud said endings are not only part of life, they are a requirement for living and thriving professionally and personally. Mm -hmm. Being alive requires that sometimes we kill off things in which we were once invested. We uproot what we previously nurtured and tear down what we built for an earlier time. What I got out of that was how many dead spaces do we have in our life? How many dead spaces do we have at our job or the company or the church, the ministry, or even in our community? Because there are people um, that are still occupying spaces that once were a part of their life, but now they're no longer required for them to live and to thrive. You have fulfilled your role in that position, and now it has become a dead space. And, and I'm not <clears throat> trying to go back to the, the pandemic. Uh, certainly, I am not calling the pandemic a blessing, 
But I think one of the blessings that came out of the pandemic is that it allowed some things to die that we no longer needed to do. And we're starting to do things differently that we would have never done before if this wouldn't have happened. And so there were some things that came to an end that forced us to shift, that forced us into pivoting, that forced us into going in a different direction that we would have never came in contact with if there wasn't a certain event that would have happened. And I think as a leader, sometimes there are wins, there are troubles, there are some things that we face that we don't quite understand or we don't quite grasp, or we can't quite get wrap our head headed around. We don't realize that is the thing that is going to propel us to move that stumbling block out of the way. That is the thing that is going to be used so we can move into the space of life. We can move into the space of productivity, whether that be professionally uh, or personally, as Dr. Henry Cloud said, that we can move into the space and we can continue on the path of our purpose. John, did you have uh, anything else that you want to jump in there? Oh, so much to, to talk about. Yeah. There's endings sometimes that we choose. Yeah. And then I look at it as there's endings of things that we just don't choose. And we can touch on both, but either way, if you, you had mentioned sometimes things happen to us like the pandemic and, you know, the pandemic may not have been something we would wish for anybody else to go through in 20 years from now. Right. It's not like I hope my kids have to go through the same thing and, you know, wonder if there's toilet paper in, in the, in the store anymore. But uh, I mean, that was the least of the worries, but I remember that being a thing, but all whenever something happens to us, it's our attitude that helps us get through what something that could is potent is bad yeah. to give us also a positive outcome. So, for example, you had said there's certain things that we were able to get rid of. Like so many people now are work remote, and so many companies were. It should have been done sooner, but they were afraid of what might happen. Will productivity decline? Will people actually work? All these things. And then now you're seeing it across the board in the United States. People are working from the house. People are working from home with kids at home, and it's working out fine. Is it 100% ideal? No. But at least now we know that it can be done. And so understand that you know God has a plan. It may not always seem logical, um, but... It's true and it's full and his plan will always uh, supersede sort of what you want your life to, to like be in your comfort zone. Okay. He can turn bad situations into amazing outcomes. Um, if you have trust, faith, and you maintain that growth mindset that things are going to get better. Um, do we have time for a quick story? Yeah, okay. That's all, bro. So I was reading a story about there was a man named Chris. Uh, he, he's older. He passed away in, in the early 2000s, but he was born in the 50s and uh, he decided he was going to study dance and drama. So he went to the Juilliard School in New York. Very big deal. Um, and after several years of study and trying and failing and so forth, he actually landed some roles on Broadway. 
So hats off to him. That was great, right? Well, so he did that, started in some major plays, and then eventually he realized it was time to move on, as we're talking about. He moved on and decided, I'm going to go and get into acting, like movies. So um, after his career, he started searching, failing, searching some more, and eventually, y'all know him as Christopher Reeves, eventually landed the star as Superman, which was at the time a huge deal. This went into multiple sequels all through the 80s. It was Superman, right? Well, and then 1995, Christopher Reeves became paralyzed from the neck down. So first he made changes that he chose to do to prune and to make himself better, to grow, and to grow his career, things for his family, and his impact. 1995's hits, and Reeves gets paralyzed from the neck down due to a uh, horse uh, riding accident. Basically fell on his head, if you don't know. Um, being confined to a wheelchair, he also had to be on a respirator. He couldn't move, neck down paralyzed. Um, but he became heavily involved in other campaigns supporting handicapped children and paraplegics. And then the next year, in 96, he founded the Christopher Reeves Paralysis Foundation, which later merged with another big foundation, um, and it's making a huge impact today. So while he didn't choose to have that happen to him, he took that situation, that something that happened, and I'm not saying God decided he's going to be paralyzed. I don't see it that way. But what he did do is he took a bad situation and he allowed him to take that and make a bigger impact. It's almost like he said, hey, you think this is bad? Imagine what's about to happen to your life and the lives you're going to change because of this and because you chose to have an attitude of gratitude and move forward. And I've seen, if you watch any kind of sports or people who have been, I have um, neck down paralysis and so forth, you will see his thumbprint all through the technology and so forth of things that people who can no longer talk, walk, move, and, and technology that has been designed because the money he has put in to the, th that foundation and other people have also put into the foundation and the impact he's made in the lives of children, athletes, um, in, in the areas of paralysis have made a huge impact way further than he would have ever made just in acting or on Broadway shows. That's a great, great example. Um, and I think that we have to address the point that you're, you made there on sometimes making those endings um, can be a choice, but then sometimes it is forced upon you to do. Mm -hmm. And so Chris could have stayed stuck and said, you know what, I'm paralyzed. Um, I can, I'm just going to live my rest of my life in pity. But he decided to pivot. And as you said, now we see his work has gone on and transcended into other areas. Even though he started as an actor, started on Broadway, uh, he was able to make an impact because he understood um, that I'm going to take this setback as a setup to lead me to greater. Mm. And I think that we all have to do two things, make two lists. What are some necessary endings that I can make today that are obvious um, that are, I am aware of, that I've been delaying, that I've been denying. Um, 
And then what are some what are some other things that we can look at our lives to say, these are some endings that were forced upon me. And I think both both sides of the coin can work for your good. As John said, um, the accident may not necessarily have been good. And we're not saying that. But look at the outcome of that. Look at the outcome of that that problem. Look at the outcome of your struggle and what was produced out of your pain what was produced out of your trouble. And I think that if we can look at what can we produce, that will keep us from staying stagnant in a place that's stale and that has expired. And I think that sometimes it's not that people don't want to necessarily make the endings as a leader or make the endings in our life to make them better, is that they don't know what exactly to look for. Mm -hmm. What are the signs? What are the indicators? What are the things that are, what are the red flags in this relationship? What are the red flags at work? What are the red flags that I'm doing in ministry that may be saying it's time to shift, it's time to end, and it's time to begin a new place? Because I think the word ending scares us. I think when we hear the word end or dead end, I think we think of doom and gloom. I think we think the chapter or the book is closed instead of realizing the book is not closed, the chapter has just ended. Mm. And so it's just time to turn the page. It's not time to put the pen down. The author still has more to your story. You just have to keep on reading. But in order to keep on reading, you've got to move on to the next chapter. And so many of us have to realize where are we at in the script or the book of our life? Where are we at in the script of the movie that the director that God has given us, who is the director? We all have a script to, to, to act out. Where are we at in that? And when is it time to change scenes? Not to end the movie altogether, but when is it time to change scenes? I think one of the um, indicators that it's time to end or to leave or to move on is that there is no longer productivity where you are, or there is a lack of production. A lack of production is an indication that it's time to end. And it can even be doing away with services or uh, products that suck the life out of your team members who deliver them. Think about that. There are some people on your job, you know that what you're doing is not helping anybody. You know that what you are doing is not being of a service to anybody. It's not assisting anyone. It's not making anybody better, but yet and still, you still do it because it's become a part of your routine and the mundane of your life. That is a lack of production. And so you have to ask yourself, uh, what's more important in my life? Is it, is it me doing something that's going to please everyone or doing what is quote unquote expected? Or is it doing something that is actually productive? So, so think about where you are. Those of you that will listen to this and those of you that will watch this, look at where you are in your life and look at the areas of the lack of productivity. If there is a lack of productivity in the area, that may be a good sign to you that it's time to end. There are three, there are three E's that I want to dig into um, that will help you decide uh, when it's time for something to come 
to an end or when it's time to start recognizing that something needs to uh, come to an end. And as John said, sometimes we delay these decisions. We hope that time will reveal the path forward, but it takes tremendous courage as a leader to assess the situation, to assess the life, to assess the landscape, to assess the area and recognize that it's time to initiate an ending and make some tough decisions. This will not be easy. That's not what I'm suggesting. I and mean, that's not what I'm saying. There's been some things in my life that I've had to do that was so hard, so hard. And it took God to help me get through it. But it was the best decision that I've ever made. It was the best thing that I've ever done, because if I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have had peace of mind. I wouldn't have been here today smiling. And so you have to weigh out what's more important to you, not just for today, but for the rest of your life. Some of the decisions that you make today, you may not see the payoff today. You may see it 10 years down the road. And just because you don't see the satisfaction immediately, you don't think that it has to come to an end. But if you don't end it now, you have to deal with it 20, 10, five years down the road. So you might as well deal with it now. There are three E's that can help us check this um, this timing and help us with deciding when something has to come to an end. The first E is emotions. Second, energy. And number three, excuses. Emotions, energy, and excuses. Emotions, pay attention to your frustration levels, your feelings of helplessness, your feelings of dread, avoidance, overwhelmness, and heaviness. If you are in a relationship or you're in a job that you go to from a nine to five every day and you go to work before you pull up, you're already frustrated. And by the time you leave, you go home frustrated. So now you get home and now your family gets the wrath of your frustration because you're in a place, <laughs> you're in a place uh, where you should not even be. You're in a place to where you may have the salary that you want, but you don't have the peace of mind. And so now you have mad, you're mad, you're angry, you're frustrated every day. You know, your kids can't do anything right. Your wife, your husband can't do anything right. Everything irritates you. Everything gets on your nerves simply because you won't put it to an end. You won't put this relationship to an end. I don't care how much you love or quote unquote love or like someone. If the relationship that you are in causes you nothing but frustration, it's time for you to leave. It's time for you to move on. And that's just not on a romantic level. That's just on a, a, a level of any type of level of relationship from friendships to workships to uh, romantic relationships on any level that may be uh, ministry relationships, uh, even relationships with your neighbors. Some of you live next to people that you can't stand next. can't stand. Maybe it's time for you to switch entirely the entire neighborhood. Mm. It's not worth your peace. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's funny because sure. it's really the simple things that really get us. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we really don't have to deal with it. There are some things that you have to deal with and there's some things that you choose to deal with. And so the first one is emotions. And we're going to deal with that. I can't wait till we get to uh, the month of May because we're going to deal with the emotions and as a leader, the mental aspects as a leader. But I, I won't go too much too, too heavy into that, but stay tuned. Um, the second E is energy. How much time, energy, resources, and attention is something taking from you? And here, here's the second question. How much is it costing you? 
And I'm not just talking about money. I'm not just talking about money because the, the reality is, is that you can get more money, but you can't get more time. You can get more money, but you can't get that child, that time with that child, that time with that relationship, that peace of mind, like I said, that happiness. How much is it costing you of your mental? You are mentally drained. You are physically drained. You're gaining weight. You're mentally worn down because you don't have energy in the thing that you are doing. You're spreading yourself too thin, sacrificing greatly to ensure resources for the good. Do you have a lack of energy around something that used to create great energy? That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother topic. Yes. That's a whole nother topic mm. because just because it used to serve you last year doesn't mean it's supposed to serve you now. You know, and, and so we have to really realize that that some things that we used to do that were good for us in that time may have expired, and it's time for to put that to an end. The last thing is excuses. And I want to hear John's thoughts on, on, on all three of these. Excuses. Are you or your team making comments like that's just the way he or she is? What are we to do? Or we just have to accept it is what it is. You know, people get to a point to where they feel like if it's not going to change, I'm just going to accept it, even though I know it's not right. I'm just going to accept it, even though I know it's wrong. I'll just say it is what it is. If you have to keep making excuses for your life every single day, it's time to put whatever you're making an excuse for to an end. John, give me your thoughts, bro, on this whole three E's of our emotions, our energy and our excuses. I'm just sitting here taking notes, my friend. Uh, it was really good. Uh, I was always taught there's three things you should always guard slash protect and that's your time your energy and your emotions the three things you should always keep guarded time energy and emotions and you highlighted most of that uh, you guys you only have so much of each of those to give it's not i didn't say money i didn't say you got to guard your money i didn't say you got to guard your like you know other things that are material because most of that you can get back. You can freely give money and receive money. So who cares? But you'll never get back last yet uh, the minute ago. You'll never get you can't get back certain emotions that you've the, the drain of the emotions you've 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 already expelled. All you can do is move on, right? And you only have so much energy to give. Some have more, some have less. So what is draining on your emotions and your energy? And how much is that causing you to lack in your productivity? You understand that moving on is basically like pruning. You, we prune things so we can sort of leave behind the quote unquote, you know, dead stuff. Whatever's weighing down the plant and keeping it from growing up and taller, we prune those down. That's so why you have to prune trees and prune flowers and so forth. Otherwise, they get so heavy, they can't actually grow anymore. And then they just die. So it's necessary to do that. And by definition, moving on means you actually have to leave something to go to the next thing. Now, that doesn't mean you have to leave certain things forever. I'm going to Disney World. I will leave my house for one week and I will come back. 
But at the same time, there are certain things that you have to move on from and just leave behind. I was uh, talking about some old friends who love to live in the old times. They love to get into their video games. They love to play old things that we used to play in college, like poker and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with any of those. But when people say, oh, you remember when we used to do this? We should do that again. I personally have no interest because I like my now. I don't look at the old times like those were the good days when it was easy and I didn't have kids. If you don't like your now, it's it's kind of your fault. And that sounds mean. We've all I've had life hit me. Lafayette's had life hit him. But it's, it's, it's how you choose to deal with what it's handed to you decide, determines on whether you like, like your life now, my life's not perfect, or like where you're heading. People who always want to go back and can't let go of things, it's almost like they just can't leave it behind. It's like, oh, it was, I remember being so good then. Do you, though? Because when I was in college, I was really, really broke. And I never ate anything good. And some of my friends were toxic. And we, we forget about those things. Yes, I had a lot of time to play video games and listen to music. But I had to leave those things behind eventually. And now this is all incrementally. I didn't just leave everything behind at once. You just make small decisions day by day by day. And you move forward. But we all have those friends. And I was just talking about this with my wife. Who always reach back to these things. And they said, it was so great. I'm going to get back on there and play these games till 4 a.m. And all I have to say is that was great when you were 20. Now we have kids and I'm moving forward with my life, not wasting things, energy and time and emotion on those things because I like my now and I want to like my tomorrow even more than I like my now. And you have to move on to like your tomorrow. You have to be willing to prune, to cut the dead weight. I had a, a, a parent of a, uh, my son plays lacrosse and another parent he, whose son used to play owns this wealth management company and boy, are they, are they wealthy? And I asked, for, I would ask for business advice when I was new in business. And one of the things he told me was, Hey, look, when you're, we were getting ready to hire an employee, he said, uh, hire slow, but fire quick. I'm like, Hmm, that's usually the opposite. What I would have thought. He's like, take your time, hire the right person. But when you, he's like, you're going to fight this because I still do because we love people. Yes. But when you finally let go of that relationship, you'll look back and say, I should have done that a year ago. When you know it's time to move on, move on. He said, me not letting people go from my company actually hurts them just as much as it hurts me and my company because they're obviously not been, not, they're obviously not ready to move on. You know, you, you cannot fix people who do not take feedback because from their perspective, they have no problem. And so, you know, as far as they're concerned, there's just nothing to fix. Um, so, guys, when I know I'm talking a lot about associations and habits, but those are the things that form your life. When I think of moving on, you have to be willing to prune because that's what's going to make you beautiful. Wow. Tells fire, bro. <laughs> That'll be an unscripted reel for sure. <laughs> Listen, 
Avoiding an ending, especially when the ending is difficult, keeps you stuck in an uncomfortable position. And when we hold on to the difficult, we also hold ourselves, our teams, our families, our associates, our organizations back from growing when we don't do, as John just eloquently stated, the pruning process. Leadership requires a stepping into, not stepping away, but stepping into tough situations where we might experience loss or pushback. But every ending brings about a change, big or small. Will it be difficult? Yes. But you need to lead yourself, your family, your community, your ministry through that change so you can be the better. Make that necessary ending today. Don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. You'll regret it because now you're a day back further from your destiny, a day back further from living in your purpose. And sometimes doing all of this may seem like a juggling act. Our read of the month this week is The Juggling Act by Pat Gelsinger. Pat Gelsinger, The Juggling Act. Sometimes in order to balance life, you have to put some things down. You have to pick some things up. In order to do this, you've got to be uh, as a circuiteer, those who are able to balance. And I would suggest you read this book, amazing, amazing book on how to balance family, faith, community, ministry, and even your business. Pat Gelsinger. Listen, we thank you again for watching this unscripted authentic leadership mm -hmm. episode. And we please, we ask you to support us there on our YouTube channel, Unscripted Authentic Leadership. Also on our various social media platforms, we are um, United Branded across all platforms. Our brand is singular. When you type in Unscripted Authentic Leadership, you'll find that across all platforms. We're very easy to find, also very easy to connect with. Like I said, even there on our website, you can connect with us there. Email us if you're interested in being a guest on the show or uh, you have a guest that you may think may be a guest, a good guest on the mm -hmm. show. Feel free to reach out to us there on our website. DM us on any of our platforms. Reach out to me or John on our profiles. We, we promise you we're easy to connect with and we'll get back with you. We would love to partner and take this thing even further than what is going. We thank you. Um, we're here to build bridges and not walls. Bridges connect and walls divide. Until next time, we pray that you be the leader that God has called you to be. God bless you.